0: This is Louise Gartner with Spectrum Commodities taking a look at the wheat markets for Friday, February 24th. Well, one year anniversary of the Ukraine war, which uh, a year ago, minus a couple weeks, as it took a couple weeks for the grain markets to kind of get a a sense of how serious this was going to be, and then it just took off to the upside. Led by wheat, of course, but corn wasn't too far behind. And then it took a long time, a long tail, for this market to come down. Uh, a few months back, we gave up. We had reached the price level, which completely eliminated all of the war premium. So here we are. The markets have continued just to erode. And in the last week, we've seen quite a an acceleration of that decline. Interestingly, it's led by Kansas City, which has gained against chicago we put in a high just a couple days ago at 155 over on the marches and now we're sitting at 122 so we've lost 33 cents on the spread really just in the matter of like four days it's been pretty remarkable in fact it's more like three days so we are uh, looking at a market that has just kind of buckled here russia of course has just been a major exporter the value of their ruble has has uh, declined sharply over the last week or two. They're offering in the FOB market uh, much below everybody else, and they're scooping up all the business. Even with the Russian government increasing the export taxes, the, the exporters are still able to undercut everybody else in the world. And then we've got India, the government announcing that they were releasing another couple million tons of wheat into the domestic market to alleviate some tight supply situations there so their domestic prices have buckled and their their harvest is going to start up here in about a month so we don't expect to see any, any issues develop at least in the short term in India there's some talk about recent heat uh, taking a toll on the wheat crop much like it did last year but so far it's not been as bad and they don't seem to be as concerned as um, they would be considering it just came off a year where late heat shaved off uh, the top end of that crop. What was expected to be a record crop came in much smaller than expected and really was the reason that the wheat market took off to the upside following the, the, the start of the war. Because the world was looking at India with another record crop coming, you know, located right there would be able to satisfy many of those regional markets. And then the heat, just every day we kept getting a a drip, drip of news that uh, the, the, the heat was taking a toll on the crop, harvest wasn't quite as good as expected. Pretty soon, India shut off exports and that's what sent the the wheat market sharply higher so it wasn't so much the war it was the disappointment in india being unable to satisfy world demand at least from from that region so this year they're coming in with another good crop but they do have heat coming in again but the world is not relying on them like they were a year ago. Prospects look much better here in the United States, although we're the highest price in the world. They look much better in Europe. France reporting yesterday that their winter wheat conditions are sitting at 95% good to excellent. That's up two on the week, and it's up two over where they were a year ago. Of course, they had a heat spell and a dry spell during their season last year as well. But they're in a better moisture profile situation than they were last year. But time will tell how that goes. And of course, here in the United States, we keep getting quite a bit of moisture. A lot of it is uh, in form of a blizzard, unfortunately. But the most of the country has had a significant increase in moisture over the last couple of months. We're virtually drought free in the Midwest. Pockets of the far Western Midwest still showing some drought conditions in the drought monitor, but You know, with all the, I mean, Iowa alone has had how many blizzards this year? They're just going to be in a much better profile headed into the planting season. The south, the delta, the southeast is is virtually drought free. And that stretches into the eastern plains. But as you get into the west, like we've talked about quite a bit, that western half of the plains from the southwest quarter of Kansas straight south is still in an intense drought situation. We don't see much relief in the forecast all the way out for two weeks. You know, and and once you get a little bit bit past two weeks, there are some hints that some rains can come, but that's a long way away. And we've seen that for the last month. It keeps suggesting that the rains are out there, they're, they're going to be there. But as those forecasts become one to three or even four to seven day forecasts, rains disappear so it looks like you know we're going to get the growing season started in the far south in uh, a very different uh, two sets of conditions split right down the middle of texas north central texas and to the east looks fine in fact the eastern half of texas looks fine the western half of texas does not look fine at all and same thing with oklahoma and uh, western kansas so you know, it's a, even eastern Colorado has had pretty decent moisture. So it's, it's a pretty well-defined pocket, and it's shrinking slowly. But, you know, we're quickly coming into the growing season, and we just don't see those rains in the forecast. Uh, La Nina is fading. El Nino is picking up steam. That would suggest that you're going to see those n- normal seasonal rains, those monsoon rains, come through the southwest and into the central and southern plains. We just don't see evidence of that yet. There is still time, of course, but um, you know the market obviously is not too concerned about it. it Kansas City is leading the way lower, uh, which is kind of a head scratcher. You know, clearly you're seeing a lot of spread unwinding going on when it comes to the wheat space, whether it's the Kansas City versus Chicago, you know, the front month Chicago markets were unchanged to slightly higher yesterday, where corn was down thirteen, Kansas City down fifteen again, for at least the second day in a row. You know, those spreads, Chicago has been the short leg of KC Chicago corn, Chicago, uh, soybean Chicago. You know, where, you know, the hedge funds that have been long corn, they're kind of giving it up. Corn broke through the bottom end of its trading range, that it's been in for a good month, just plowed right through it. And, uh, you know, we're getting a little bit of follow-through on the night session, down about three. Kansas City is down another 12, but so is Chicago. Uh, Minneapolis kind of tagging along down six. So they're more in alignment today, but we're still lower. And we took out that support level on the front month Chicago. So it looks like we're headed down to test those January lows. Um, this has been quite an acceleration of the selling. Again with wheat you can define where that's coming from. It's just world cash markets are are plummeting and that's going to drag everybody with it. In corn um, you know there's there's talk that you know, Argentina of course is going to have a drop in production. In fact, uh, the Buenos Aires Grain Exchange put out some estimates yesterday. Corn production at 41 million tons. It's down 3.5 million from their estimate a month ago. And that's more in line with where the market is. Soybean production at 33.5, down 4.5 from last month. And all of this is just due to the the dry conditions, the heat. They had an early frost. It's just like Mother Nature's throwing everything at this Argentine crop. It just can't catch a break. They've had some spotty rains, so it's not a complete wipeout, but we're not seeing the normal seasonal rains come through to kind of save that crop. But getting back to the U.S. corn, you know, why is that market buckling? Obviously, wheat is part of that. You're going to be, you've already got world wheat uh, fob offers that are cheaper than U.S. corn fob offers. You're going to be pulling a lot more wheat into the feed channel, so, you know, that usurps some of the corn. Ethanol margins are hovering into negative territory, so there's no incentive there. And you've got the USDA Ag Forum yesterday projecting that uh, corn acres would be at 91 million tons, uh, projecting that uh, average price is going to drop from 670 to 560, so pretty big drop in what they expect there. Uh, you, you know, corn just has really struggled, and we, we just don't see a lot of uh, relief coming in sight. The Ag Outlook Forum yesterday also talked about wheat, of course. They did bump up domestic use 17 million bushels, exports up 50 million bushels, ending stocks were also up 40 million bushels. But we're looking at a almost a 4 million acre increase in wheat acres, not quite that much, but almost, and almost all of that is winter wheat. So, and and most of that is hard red winter wheat, so it's, you know, Kansas City facing a lot of headwinds, but you still need those rains to come or else you're going to shave off some yield pretty fast as you get into uh, March, you know, especially as you get into late March, early April. Uh, We did have export sales out this morning, wheat 419,000 tons, pretty respectable number considering the struggle that we've had recently. That was within the range from 150 to 600,000. The Philippines were the big buyer at 105,000 tons. That was split between spring wheat and white wheat. China took 68,000 tons of soft white wheat. In corn, export sales 849,000 tons. In the middle of its range from 500 to 1.4 million. Japan took 312, Mexico 290. China actually canceled 70,000 tons. In soybeans at 556,000 tons. Uh, toward the low end of the range of estimates from 300,000 to 1.1 million, China took 176,000 of that unknown canceled 311. So we are clearly seeing this shift in demand from U.S. soybeans over to Brazilian beans by China. Usually, they you know their purchases of U.S. beans are over a million per week, and here we're at 176. So I think we're going to see that uh, tail off pretty fast. Brazil is deep into their harvest of a record crop they've had some scattered rain delays but uh, you know that's it's not hurting the, the the quality of the soybeans and it certainly is setting the stage for very good planting conditions for corn getting it in slightly on the behind schedule for corn but you know there's time to get that crop in and again it's going to go into great moisture profile so you could easily be looking at record production of corn here you know four or five months down the road out of Brazil so you know it's tough to paint a bullish picture in the corn space at least in the short term and I I think you know corn market is has finally given us that shot across the bow Uh, the, the the inability to break above six ninety to seven dollars over the last couple months, and we spent a lot of time up there trying to get it done, just couldn't do it. And then yesterday, you melt right through the support level out of that trading range. Now the bottom end of that trading range becomes your resistance, and I think we've got a lot more downside ahead of us in this corn space. So that's—it's just kind of what I'm looking for. Um, you know, we might get some stabilizing here, but it's option expiration. They're probably going to blow out a lot of these call options that were in the money here a day ago, and now are going to expire worthless. I think that's, that's the market uh, handing a few heads over, but um, my guess is you'll, you'll continue to see that pressure over the weekend. Usually it comes in waves when you're seeing liquidation and this would be the third day, it, kind of the second day for corn, but in wheat, uh, this is going to be your your third day. And I think that that's probably going to be enough. We'll probably see a bounce out of here, but I think the trend has been established um, seasonally. We should be carving out some sort of seasonal low in wheat, start to build some kind of a weather premium. I think that'll kick in later as we get into mid-March. And if the rains are not in the forecast by mid-March to at least show up by the end of March, you're going to start seeing some uh, much stronger weather premium coming back into the market that's a long time away but still um, I think that these dry pockets have been pretty well established and they just aren't aren't getting any relief so short term it looks like today is going to be another round of pressure probably this time coming again from wheat but also corn is going to continue along Uh, but I think you'll probably get some kind of a washout today and then uh, kind of snap back as we get into next week If you have any questions, feel free to call at 1-800-888-9843. This has been Louise Gartner with Spectrum Commodities.